an authentic life. Have you ever met someone that right off the bat struck you as uncommonly genuine? What is it about them that we notice? What do we recognize in them that somehow feels more real than the next person? They seem to be more fully present than everyone around them, more vital, more vibrant, more comfortable in their own skin. Even in unpredictable and demanding circumstances, they remain more at peace, consistent, and solid. That's the authentic life that I wanted to try to talk about this morning. This self that is maybe no self at all, but is so real, nonetheless, that it can't be denied. Authentic from the Greek, authentikos, meaning original, primary, and at first hand. Let's call it a given that each physical expression here recognized as a person is unique and unrepeatable, like the lyrics to one of the songs the children sing in their religious education classes. They all sing, I'm unique and unrepeatable, I'm unique and unrepeatable. Granted, too, we are a pretty creative bunch, and at least we like to think of ourselves as cultural creatives. But in any given day, how many truly original thoughts would you estimate that you have? I mean, thoughts that no one, living or dead, has ever thought before. I'm not really looking for an actual number here. Uh, But if we are, in fact, unique and unrepeatable, but most of our thoughts are not utterly unique and they have existed in any number of other minds and in any any number of other times, then I would submit that it is not our thoughts that make us who we are. Moving beyond the uh, the etymology of the the Greek to um, move towards the definitions that the dictionary affords us, uh, the first definition is of authentic, is entitled to acceptance of belief because of agreement with known facts or experience, reliable or trustworthy. Well, the first part of that works as a way for us to evaluate, excuse me, others or for others to evaluate us, but it's not a very functional way for us to look at ourselves. The second definition is not false or copied, genuine and real. 
Well, this one has a little more potential for us to judge ourselves. Um, Though we may well mimic, repeat, duplicate, or resemble aspects of others with even the majority of our actions, words, thoughts, we can have some awareness of whether we are being truthful and whether or not we're actually copying somebody else. The third definition is having the origin having the origin supported by unquestionable evidence. Uh, that moves us back towards external reference. Something else is employed to determine authenticity. All of these definitions work for comparison, setting one thing up against another as a measuring rod. But if we're speaking of humans, I don't see that the authenticity of one does anything to determine the authenticity of another. So we're not authentic or inauthentic because something outside, some outside source, concludes we are. Even those people that we encounter that strike us as that, we can't objectively know whether they are authentic or not. That's That's a job that can only be gauged from inside with very, very careful inspection. Some years ago, Robert Redford directed a wonderful film entitled The Legend of Bagger Vance. Is anybody familiar with that? Great show. In Bagger Vance, a young, tremendously promising golfer named Juna, Ranoff Juna, has his life interrupted. He goes off to war, and after leading his men into a horrible battle, Juna finds himself the lone survivor. The trauma changes him, and the promise he showed for being a professional golfer vanishes. Through a string of circumstances, his hometown needs desperately to be championed against the best of the best by a local golfer. I mean, it's a movie, right? (laughs) Out of nowhere, a mysterious, incredibly insightful man named Bagger Vance shows up and helps Juna find his way back to himself. Now, Bagger tells Juna, yep, Inside, each and every one of us is one true, authentic swing. Something we was born with. Something that's ours and ours alone. Something that can't be taught to you or learned. Something that has to be remembered. Over time, the world can rob us of that swing. It gets buried inside us under all our wouldas and couldas and shouldas. Some folk even forget what their swing was like. 
Now, during the course of the film, the viewer comes to recognize in himself that sense of focus, of letting the noise fall away. I think Redford did quite an amazing job of generating opportunity for the viewer to enter the character Juna, his process that Bagger calls remembering. It's not very often one runs into a film that works this hard or works this well to carry you inward to the person behind your thoughts, the observer behind the activity, the knower who remains separate from the experience. Philosophically, classical Greek philosophers um, are citing classical Greek philosophers. uh, One can argue for or against the reality of of the observer. For Plato, one... Uh, who uh, built his studies off of his teacher Socrates, the essential self, which he called the soul, was the essence of a person. It was being. That which decides how we behave. He considered this essence as an incorporeal, external occupant, eternal Occupant of our being that was comprised of three parts the logos or mind, the thymos or the spirit uh, emotions, and the eros, which was desire and instinct. Each of these had a function in a balanced and peaceful soul. As bodies died, the soul was continually reborn in subsequent bodies. Aristotle, who studied behind both of them, agreed with the, with the idea that the soul was the core essence of being and the need for balance within it, but argued against its having a separate existence. So we got you covered. For him, the soul was simply the activity of the body. Uh, At some point, I would like the biologist to show me in the cells where the memory is. You know, I I know that the impulses and the synapses and all that stuff fire and interact and create this and that, but I want to know where it lives. As a footnote, there's some rather uh, suspect science in whose theories Plato's three aspects correlate with evolutionary developments in the brain. They call it the triune brain, and I've seen as much stuff to argue it as to back it, maybe even more, but we don't need to go there today. That's evolution, and it's another day. In my personal experience, any time that I am successful at creating, whether it's music or some design or a salad that I'm pleased with, 
There is a point at which I experience stepping outside my regular thinking activities and observations. Thoughts seem to be suspended briefly, followed by their being less constricted and more easily flowing. As with meditation, solutions arise here. Ideas become sharper. New perspectives come into awareness. In that experience, there is the gift of peace, a sense of release, and a real sense of clarity. Life and the world look different and feel different from that place. Each time I encounter it, I find myself feeling this is feeling it and thinking this is as it ought always be. And each time serves as more motivation to practice the dense disciplines that help that show up more often. Sound reasoning not to be afraid of what could temporarily appear to be a Trojan horse. With only a few glimpses, one can see that it's a it's from that place behind the thoughts, one, one's essential self, the core, the connectedness with the divine spirit, that remembering that Bagger Vance talked about and pointed out to Juna, that authentic life springs. That's where we find our authentic swing. That calm begins to permeate one's life with practice and commitment over time. It's from that and from there we put away old fears, come to recognize our own nature, and begin to grasp the folly and smallness of many of our habits of mind. From there, we start to really see God, whatever we understand God to be in the eyes of our brothers and sisters. Ultimately, I'm making my way to the point that an authentic life is not a human doing, but a human being. An authentic life requires living from the inside out. One cannot do that if she or he fills all the spaces with activity, no matter how worthwhile the activities are. To create an authentic life, work to rid yourself of those convenient rituals of avoidance, of going along, of mimicking or imitating. Stop trying to be someone or something we're not. 
Stop trying not to be who we are. It's a balance whose essence may well be lasting. Whatever makes us anxious, whatever makes us angry, whatever makes us apathetic points the way to where we need to go first. But I think that may take a whole lot of thinking about forgiveness, and that's next week. (laughs) The beauty of the perfectly unique, authentic life is waiting to set us free. Zorba the Greek said, you have everything but one thing, madness. A man needs a little madness or else he never dares cut the rope and be free.